Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college basketball episode covers select games, schedules every game scheduled to be played on Friday, December 23rd. We've got seven of them for you today. We're going to talk about all seven. If you should hear, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswithprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, goals, and community rules. As always, remember there are no locks and gambling. So Sideline provides our loves, lock, lo- loves, likes, and leans. That is A, B, and C grades. Indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. As outlined in more detail on that webpage, I recommend playing the A grade plays at one unit. Plays we give out here at a half unit or additional half unit. Though the A plus play of the day gets an extra full unit because it's one that will count for both myself and my co-host. Also, picks given out on the website and Patreon's plays of the day in the Discord chat that I also recommend an extra half unit. And the compilation of those recommended results can be found both on BetStip and in Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains the full set of projections and picks for every single game. And early access to those picks can be found via Patreon. That links in the crawler below and in the show description. It's also where you can get access to that Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. Also, a lot of good fun times uh, over there in the chat now, especially as that's growing. Uh, lots of fun over there. Lots of good... Uh, lots of good just conversations of nothing but but gifts you know it, it's been all or gifs or however you're supposed to say that i know there's argument about that um, but as always take what you like and leave the rest lastly please understand that good and bad variants will occur so as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day that is an impossible reality for any gambler uh jake <clears throat> we're recording this on friday morning one of our few morning shows we've had we don't usually done this the night before uh with the four games out in Hawaii, I didn't have lines, so we waited until this morning uh, to record. So we actually had information about those. Um, uh, yesterday went pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about good and bad variants. Uh, Iona, what the heck? And we'll talk about they made SMU both later on. But I mean, what was the end of that game? They were just cruising. I think a lot of people turned that game off and were thinking how we cashed that ticket, and then all of a the sudden they lost. They said that they didn't cover. They, they didn't even win. Like what yeah. in the world? Uh, maybe they started planning their surfing uh, classes and stuff a little early. I, I don't know. It's just, I was unreal you, to watch them just fall apart at every at every level. I mean, you probably got a lot of like swim with the dolphins type things out in Hawaii. You could do so. They probably were thinking about that. I guess uh, what the, what their plans were for the rest of the day. I don't really know. Um, you know, that's what we talk about good and bad variants, right? You know, it's uh, sometimes you're going to be on the right side of those. Uh, sometimes you're going to be on the wrong side of those. Uh, especially when you talk about a, a large sample size of games, the, the good and bad thing. I know some people like these slates because you really can analyze each game a little bit more in depth. So we may have a few new viewers here that um, are somewhere I'm looking for extra in-depth analysis since there's fewer games. Um, it it kind of goes either way, right? When you have fewer games, like if you get those good variance things and you kind of catch things right, you can have a, you know, a five and two type day. Um, but it's like, the problem that yesterday with the Iona thing, it's kind of like it was one play over so many, and overall it was it was just a profitable day every which way you turn. It seemed like, and it's something like that were happening today on Friday. I feel like it would it would sting a little bit harder because there's fewer games, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, like sometimes when these fewer slates, I find myself diving too deep and talking myself in and out of like seven different plays. So it's, so it's a little bit of it's good because you can really get into the games and bad because you can talk yourself into stuff that's not really there. 
it really is like so many things in life, right? A blessing and a curse. It's like, there's so many, so much good that it, that, that can provide, but it's also some bad too. And so it's trying to figure out how to manage that, how you handle a, a, a day like today, a slate like this versus a slate like where you got 40 games versus a Saturday where, we, you know, we haven't had a huge Saturday yet. We've been mostly in the 80 to hundreds, but we're going to get a bunch of, almost every Saturday come spring is going to have 120 to 150 you know, games or some crazy number like that. And, and how you handle those also is a whole different world than how you're handling something like this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we'll have a couple off days here with uh, no games being played on Christmas Eve, no games being played on the day after Christmas. We will have a show covering the Christmas games. There's going to be five of them. Um, not sure the timing of any of that. It'll all have to do with lines and who will be on. So all the timing is tentative, but there will be a show for those five Christmas Day games. If you're interested, if not, uh, if you've got family stuff, you got travel, that's obviously fine. Uh, you know, everyone, like we said before, be safe and, and enjoy the holidays. And we'll see you back on the 27th if you're not interested in catching that show. Um, but but uh, yeah, once it a couple lighter days here, lighter day today, lighter day on Christmas, a little bit deeper to dive into some of the games again for better or worse. But before we get to today's set of games, reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. www.patreon.com slash professor. Talk about those big Saturday slates. The best recommendation I can give you there is getting those picks in the show. All the stuff earlier we did that early on Friday late afternoon. Rather than Friday night. Friday night. Might be confusing. Keep that on your radar. Big slates on Saturday could be a good benefit for you over there on Patreon. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. We'll get to it all lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as of the time of this recording, it is already Friday morning. So games will be starting hip in a couple of hours. We're going to start off with the A plus play today. The seven games, there's four A grade picks in the model. And someone asked about this in the Discord early on, about half the games ish. Uh, our A plays that kind of tapers down to about a third of games by the end of the season. Uh, the lines get a little bit better as the, as the season goes on. Uh, everyone's lines get a little better. The model in, gets a little bit better. The, the books lines get a little bit better. So there's a little bit fewer edges here, uh, but of the seven games four a grade plays, Jake, the one that is the intersection that we both like, that's going to count to both of our records here, 6 PM central SMU and Utah State out on the islands here. Utah State is a 12-point favorite. Silence says this should be a little over 13. Um, I mean, we talked about both these teams yesterday, uh, or for yesterday's show, of course. Uh, there's not a ton to go back into from my perspective, other than the one thing I'm going to say is um, I just don't see SMU being able to pull off that magic trick they pulled off yesterday, and Utah State's a really good team. Um had a little bit of concern about Utah State after uh, a couple of games that they played, looking a little bit more human there, uh, finally taking their first loss. But uh, the way they played yesterday, uh, if they do that for the full 40, and maybe the maybe that's the Ashes, right, the full 40, unlike Iona, who decided to only do it for whatever it was, 35, uh, they should be able to run over this SMU team that they're just a lot better than SMU. is just a very ho-hum average team, but Utah State – Pretty dang good ball club. So uh, we're going to lay the 12 with him. Jake, what are your reasons this is an A-plus play? Yeah, I agree. I think it was a fluke out of SMU uh, for yesterday. I'll take all the credit from him, but I, I think I don't know, really just gave him that game at the end. Uh, Utah, Utah State, very good team. 
very smart with the ball. They might be the best shooting team in the nation come the end of the year. They definitely mm-hmm. are in the top five right now with their their first and three-point percentage. They make a lot of free throws. They rank 10th in assist to field goals made, so they work well together. They find really, they have a really high EFG. Their defense, on the other hand, it's, it's good, very good. Just don't force a lot of turnovers, so not a lot of um, extra possessions, but the turnovers that do force are steals for uh, easy buckets and like Iona was able to take advantage of that on SMU, they will too. Uh, they don't like to hit the offensive rebounds, so. But I think that is one of two things. I think that is the either a coaching decision because they rebound the ball very well on the other end, or they're too busy making shots and there's just not enough offensive rebounds going around. I'd rather I'd rather a team not get offensive rebounds if they're just making the shots the first time around. I mean that's just yeah. easier, right? A little less stress. Just make the shot, you know, no no worries. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean the pace of play should be a little bit faster than Iona's and, and I think they'll uh that gives us plenty of opportunities to get this above twelve. Yeah, and when you look at SMU versus uh, Seattle, who Utah State just just demolished yesterday those two teams are pretty similar and 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 it's not that simple right i do always talk about this if you haven't heard this right the way we like to think about this is when when you analyze a matchup is there's a whole distribution of games that ranges from one team plays really well the other team doesn't you know flip that both teams play well both teams play poor there's just a whole range of outcomes so you can't just take one outcome and say oh well then we compare it's going to be the exact same right that's why the transitive property in sports doesn't hold we see it fail literally every time you turn around right so it's not that simple but when you just look at what happened yesterday i don't see you know utah state having any problems with smu because it's the same sort of game that uh, seattle has which is just they're an average team you know they you know play you know a little fast you know average offense average defense average team. there's nothing special about them and utah state uh, up until again a little bit of that stretch lately uh, but yesterday again really solving it mm-hmm. had been de- demolishing those teams all season and so it's kind of the same sort of thing. You never really know, right? There's no locks in gambling. But um, on average, this is the type of team that they have really handled well this year. They did it yesterday, and we think they can do it again with just another ho-hum SMU team on the slate for them today. Yeah, yeah, like with that loss uh, Utah State had, that they were up, but like 18 or 20 or so, and I think they just kind of fell into the in the low, like, hey, yeah, we we are just that good, and forgot they had to play the full game, and they came back to bite them. I, I don't see that coming back to bite them again until they go on another like nine, ten game winning streak, and maybe they fall asleep right. again. Sure, right. yeah, and there. yeah, exactly. They've they've for the most part been a, a pretty good team all season, and they were a pretty good team for the first half ish of that game too, and then just you know, completely fall apart. So uh, as long as they stay focused here, they should be able to do the same thing to SMU, which takes us to the best of the rest of the A plays. Again, there are three other ones. Uh, they're going to get split around for various reasons into different segments, but the one that we're going to cover here in this segment, 6 p.m. Central Kennesaw State at Indiana. Indiana is an 18.5 point favorite. The model was comfortable locking in 20 as an A grade, obviously likes 18.5 even more. Um, Southern says this should be 21.5. The model's um, you know, mostly aware of the, uh, you know, couple question marks that we have for Indiana and kind of just says, shrugs it off and just says, don't really care. This Indiana team should still be fine and should still be able to win handily. Um, already gave out a pick um, on the total for this to our Discord user, but Jake, you're going to lay the 18 with Indiana, 18 and a half with Indiana. Uh, tell us why. Like, I, I know the injuries are there and I know they got Iowa next week, so they're not going to, if Trace Jackson and Geronimo play, they're not going to play a lot. There's just going to be enough to keep their legs going. Uh, so I'm not counting on those guys too much. If they do play, I love this play even more. But yeah. I, I just 
my, uh, Mike Woodson is a very, very good defensive coach. He's a good coach overall, but he really excels on the defensive end. And there's, and Kennesaw State turns the ball over a lot already. I, I think when they get in a pressure situation there in Bloomington, where I know the students might not be there, but it's going to be just as loud and just as crazy with everybody coming in from all over the place because Indiana loves their basketball. Um, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I just think – IU at home is a different story than I. It's it's almost very similar to Rutgers. Them at home is really, and, really. And to tough. be fair, we see that with a lot of the Big Ten teams, right? A lot of them have. Uh, it's one of the biggest contracts. Really, uh, you know, them in the Big Twelve. I guess you see a lot in the Big Twelve as well. You know, those two conferences, you see just these really big swings um, of teams who play really well at home, that crowd in a smaller in small-ish buildings, right, relative to football stadiums, really affecting play, the travel, these teams play really well at home, and on the road, they're just kind of mediocre, right? It's like, you just, you see it with a lot of teams, it seems like. Uh, yeah, you know, Rutgers, yeah. obviously, the, the, the poster child for it, mainly because of the fact they can pull upsets, but it, it, even the top teams are like that, right, where they're a little, they're, you know, the top teams are a little human on the road, but at home, almost untouchable. Yeah, and um, this... This Kennesaw State team, they shoot the three ball pretty well, but other than that, they don't. They have a really tough time scoring, and they're a shorter team, about an inch shorter than the average, which puts them at like three hundred and thirty ranked wise. Mm-hmm. Where Indiana is a very tall team, very long team, so I think the three point advantage that they have is going to go away because there's going to be eye like hands in their eyes all the time. It's mm-hmm. harder to find an open mm-hmm. shot, so that's where I think Indiana really get, can run away with this one. All right, so we're going to lay the 18 and a half there with Indiana as an A-grade play, which takes us to Jake on a limb, a game that the model doesn't have an A-grade pick on, but you think you've got an edge worth exploiting. 3.30 Central PM, Iona in Seattle. Iona's an eight-point favorite. Sideline says this should be about seven and a half, so it says it's priced pretty well. But the thing of note, at least to me, um, and we talked about this already in the Discord this morning, uh, Seattle has – underperformed the model expectations by about nine points per game, whereas Iona's un- overperformed the model expectations by about three points per game. Iona's been good to us. Seattle hasn't. And so the model would be looking to back Seattle if it could get nine, maybe 10 points, which that number is close to it. But I, I kind of look at it as a human and I'm like, I just see the results that these two teams have had. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'd want a lot of points with Seattle personally because they just haven't been as good to us. They've had a couple of good showings, but for the most part, especially against better teams, uh, playing a couple of those Pac 12 teams, they just haven't really got the job done. Iona, obviously not a Pac 12 school, but kind of in that same tier as some of those teams they played were pretty solid program. You know, they're, they're, they're obviously not Power Five, but I mean, Honestly, they're better than probably about half the teams in the Pac-12, to be honest. And, and you know, a good team, it's got a lot of results. Um, Jake, you're going to lay the eight with Iona, and I'm curious how high up of a number you would lay. We always talk about once you get past seven, especially past eight, it's a little bit tougher with the fouls. You have to really think they're just going to run away with it. So I'm curious your breakdown to see if, if eight's kind of the top that you want to go or if you're comfortable laying it up to, you know, nine, nine and a half, something like that. Not nine's the highest I would go. I, I want okay. I want to win at ten, um, and then I would need about twelve to take the points with Seattle. Like I think that okay. ten to eleven range is no man's land uh, in this okay. game. Um, but like, I don't know. Like we talked about earlier, I think that was an absolute fluke where they just gave the game away, um, and they just really like it's a rare thing for a Rick Pitino team to do that, and this Iona team to really have the turnovers that that they had. I think they had eighteen, nineteen turnovers. Um, six assists. I mean, they were really good outside 
the 35 minutes or outside the five minutes at the end of the game and the turnovers. They shot nearly 50% from the uh, from floor. They hit 60% from behind the arc. They even forced 20-plus turnovers on SMU, and they just couldn't take advantage of it. I mean, the big part of that was they had 13 total points off the bench, and I think that hurt them a little bit. And obviously not working the ball around enough. Coming up really shot on the assist number because that ratio was, looked really bad. Um, but I think a lot of that was the bench players and some of the, the not your star players on that team going to Hawaii, probably first first time for most of them going to Hawaii and getting settled in and doing all that. I think all that improves the day. They've spent some time there now, they're used to it. Gino's definitely been all over them from everything I understand. He coaches hard, and I'm sure there was a I would not want to be in that locker room after that game. Uh, right. And then it's just I, – I, the Seattle team, they are very, very average. They're going to beat teams they should beat, and they're going to lose the teams they should lose to. Like, that's just where they're at right now, especially offensively. Um, their defense is worse than SMU's. They don't force a lot of turnovers. They have a ton of offensive issues. They struggle to score from any kind of distance. They really depend on the three ball that's not kind to them. In their last three games, they're averaging 62 points, and that even includes an Alcorn State team that a lot of teams are putting up near 100 on, and they, they didn't really impress offensively in that one. I just don't think Seattle has the horses to get this one done. Yeah, a Seattle team that was pretty uh, pretty fun to watch, pretty fun to root for last year. And just this year, at least so far, not really with the same results. And that'll take us to the daily double-double game where I like a side and a total. Again, you could probably these together. You can take whichever one that you hear you like the most uh, or neither of them. But we're going to talk about the 3 p.m. Central game, Coppin State at George Mason. I'm going to grab the 12.5 with Coppin State and go over the 147. With regards to the side, the model has pinned these two teams pretty well all season um, within half a point on average of their uh, total margin of victory expectations. So the model's been pretty spot on both these teams. model says it should be George Mason minus 10 and a half. Um, I just think around 10 makes a lot of sense once you're getting above that double digits. Um, getting the 12 and a half with Coppin State makes sense. They play hard. They play to the end. And that could really help us in a game like this. Um, you also seen the rash of... Uh, home teams struggling right around the holidays. Don't know if that trend continues today, but if and there's anything like that, uh, that can also help us out uh, with Coppin State. Again, I wouldn't want to grab, you know, eight points, but when you get 12 and a half, that's just a really good play. It's an A-grade play according to the model. And with regards to total, something says it should be a little over 152, and we've actually underestimated the number of points both these teams have scored. And so since the model isn't built to overreact, that tells me maybe the projection should really be more like 153, 154, uh, something with regards to that going over this number um, is just too easy, in my opinion, in that Coppin State plays fast and reckless. They've got a solid offense and a terrible defense. And so um, they should score based off of the number of possessions. And George Mason is going to score uh, simply because Coppin State is going to allow points to everybody. And so uh, the model projects this game to finish. Um, 81 to 71 is kind of where it's thinking. Um, and I, I kind of think that makes sense. I mean, an 80 to 70 type game seems pretty reasonable. So we got a couple of extra points of value on the total, a couple of extra value points on the side. So I'm going to grab the 12 and a half to compensate and go over 147. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the over here. Georgia Mason plays slow, but they turn the ball over like mm. almost one out of every four possessions. So that's going to be tons of opportunities for compensate to try to score. I, Telling them they're going to score should be tough. Uh, but they also, both teams shoot well. It should be a lot of points in this game. 
I think it'll stay close. But with the with the home team struggling to the holidays, I'm curious on your opinion on this or if you know anything. Like, do you think it's like almost worse to be the home team around Christmas with all like all the extra distractions yeah. stuff of like family, maybe yeah. if your local friends and all the rather being on the road and like you know you're like I guess you're more used to having weird stuff happen while you're on the road than when you're at home. Yeah, because I think I think if you're the home team you're in your routine, but you're not because none of your friends are around because they're back home. You're thinking about going back home. Who's at the game is different. Everything is just a different, your routines are, you're not going to class. You're not taking tests. You know, it's just a whole different, your practice schedule gets different as, as an athlete. I, I experienced this with baseball at spring break. Your spring break was so weird because the whole schedule was different because you kind of had these like two a day practices, you know, where they you do something a little bit in the morning, you do something a little bit in the afternoon. And it was just weird from your normal day to day, how things played out. And and yeah, I think the road's better because then it becomes a normal like, oh, this is a road trip. Like everything feels more normal because you constantly do that. The, the home around the holidays um, and some teams do really well. It's not a like, you know, every single team. But yeah, on average, we've seen a lot of these uh, home teams struggle in these situations. And uh, on average, I'd, I'd much rather be the road team than the home team. Uh, that'll take us to the total today. Actually, got two totals of the day for you that we like. The first one, uh, 4 p.m. Central, Bucknell and Rutgers, the last of the non-Hawaii games today. Um, I'm going to give you the under 132 and a half. Sometimes it should be 126 and a half, maybe 127. It's a pretty solid edge. Uh, here with regards to total model projects, this game to be 73 to 54. Uh, I like the under here for a couple reasons. Um, a, obviously the projection is way under this number, um, but B, Rutgers defense is incredible. And we always talk about the team that's better kind of controlling how the game goes that would make it more of a defensive-minded game. Um, Rutgers, you know, might get up towards 80, but if they run away from Bucknell, that means the last part of the game is just going to be sleepy, boring, nothing's going to happen in it, uh, most likely. If we talk about, we just talked about, right, if the home team struggles, um, you know, it could be the offense, it could be the defense, but if the offense falls asleep, it's a close game because Rutgers doesn't score, then it's definitely going under, right? So there's just a lot of ways that I think this game goes under. 132 and a half, um, it just seems like a lot in a Rutgers game, given their mediocre offense, unless you're playing a team that really can do something to get you close, you know, closer to 140. I don't see this game sniffing 140. I'm not sure it sniffs 130. And so, again, if you're going over a number like this, you want to think 140 is on the table, and I just don't think it's on the table whatsoever. I think it's much more likely to go under. Uh, than over. This is a game that could finish with about 111 points, and I don't think I'd be too surprised just given how good Rutgers' defense is. Uh, I think Bucknell's just going to have a really hard time scoring. Kind of reminds me of that Yale-Monmouth game uh, that we talked about yesterday where Monmouth just couldn't score, and I, I feel like it's very possible that Bucknell's going to have the same problems here today. So I'm going under 132 and a half. Yeah, yeah, I agree with this. This is uh, Rutgers' defense. That's one thing that should always show up. I mean, your defense is just really effort and knowing where you're at on the floor where offense takes a little more chances. I, I just don't see Bucknell really breaking through that Rutgers defense, especially at, at the rack. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And then we're going to give you another total of the day here, 9 p.m. Central George Washington at Pepperdine. This one is 151. Model projects 153 here. Been pretty spot on with George Washington totals, but actually underestimated Pepperdine's totals this year. So again, it might indicate that maybe it should be more like 154, 155. Jake, you're on this over uh, those rims at Hawaii. Uh, we see it in Maui and we see it here. I don't really know why. Maybe it's the same rims. I'm not really sure, but they, they seem soft out there in Hawaii. It just seems like they're uh, ex they, they, they want to create a good product that people are watching. And kudos to it. It kind of makes sense. That's probably what I would do too, right? And so 
soft rims getting more points. Um, this total's high, but these two teams you think can get to it. I'm assuming that's largely due to the pace that Pepperdine plays with and how they push uh, a push that. But I'll let you tell us more since this is your over 151. Like this should be a very entertaining game from an offensive standpoint. We've got two good offenses against two below average defenses, especially on George Washington's side. Uh, Pepperdine is the better team, but I'm, and I think they win, but I'm not sure about how much. So I'm going with the total because Pepperdine plays at this just out crazy reckless pace, and this should really dictate the tempo because they're the better team. Both teams average at least 75 points, and both teams allow about 70. So I, I don't think it's going to be much for. Uh, and they, allow, and they allow 70, given that more of their non-conference has been against weaker teams. So yeah. it, it, it's not a weaker team versus weak team. It's two pretty average teams playing each other here. So it's yeah. it's not like it's not like they're playing a super – you know, they're not playing an IUPUI today, right? That, that's going to struggle to score. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think this this one could get could reach the 80, like 80 to 80 kind of like standpoint, like 85, 80, something like that, where we're, we're way over 150 and we don't have to worry about it the last four minutes of the game. Uh, this is just, I think there would be a ton of points, like ton of quality possessions, no, no defense, uh, out, out there really. Pepperdine shoots the three ball at a high clip and both teams allow a very high assist of fogo made ratio. So the ball's going to be zipping around. Defenses are going to be lost. It's going to be a lot of easy buckets. Uh, George Washington may not make a lot of threes, but they sure shoot a lot of them. They, they're up there like way too high for the percentage they shoot. They shoot way too many of them. They get hot for a little bit of the stretch. That really helps it over, keeps the game close. Pepperdine still has to play towards the end. I think we'll get well, well over this number. And, and for overs, I love team shooting threes. I don't even – it's not that I don't care if they go in. Obviously, I want them to go in. But I know if they shoot more, I know more are going to go in You know, in the long run. But also, jump against longer rebounds. Those longer rebounds sometimes lead to fast breaks the other way. So, I mean, shooting more threes, it's one of those even when it doesn't work, it can still work for the over. So, uh, you'll love seeing that for an over. And you look at these two teams yesterday. They averaged about uh, – the average number of points scored uh, between these two teams' games yesterday was about 140. Uh, but that involved both Hawaii and Washington State, which are both below average pace team so it's not going to take that much to get from 140 to 150 and when you look at the pace things i said that makes absolute sense because both those teams play at much slower places now the faster teams are playing each other and that's where that speed baguette speed kind of thing we're going to get some you're going to get some runs in this game where one you know it just goes kind of quick 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 and you have a little you know 10 points in uh you know a minute and a half type type runs because the way these teams like to get up and down the court and that's the sort of thing that's going to get us over 151 right Yep, yep. Uh, that's why I'm really thrilled with the over here. All right, and that takes us to our last game, the must-see TV game of the day. It's late. I, must-see TV game, it, it, I, I'm with you. I wish it wasn't at 11 p.m. Central. It's a midnight Eastern start. So, I mean, if you're on the East Coast like and you're asleep, I don't – you know, no judgment whatsoever. For the West Coast, maybe, you know, 9 o'clock, you know, you can stay up a little bit on this one. But it should be a really good game if you're a night owl, if you're up. Washington State, Hawaii, right? We're obviously in the winner's portion of this bracket. So the winner of this one will play for the um, Diamond Head Classic Championship, I guess is, is what that is, uh, on Christmas Day. Washington State is a three-point favorite. The model already locked this in at minus three as an A grade. It says it should be a little bit over four. Uh, we've been pretty spot on with Hawaii. We've underestimated Washington State. Uh, they've been a good team, and I'm not sure the model's really caught up to just how good they are. They have the better offense, they have the better defense. Uh, Jake, you're going to play Washington State minus three here for us. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the opposite of pace is, but this game will have the opposite of it. Um, yeah. Let's just 
very slow, very, very slow. And both really good teams, like you said, good defenses, good offenses, very good team, just not super entertaining basketball. Uh, but like it's really the only good, like good on good team matchup here. So that's why it's a TV game. I mean, it's just it should be a really good game from that standpoint. Like the offensive end is where Washington State has the advantage. They shoot the three ball a lot and then make a good amount of them. They rank top fifty in both attempts and percentage. Uh, they can get a little sloppy, but I don't think Hawaii's defense is built to take advantage of that, because they don't force a lot of turnovers and. Plus, they want to play slow. So, if they do get a steal where they don't have numbers, they're going to take like slow it way down, pull it up, and get their offense going. Not go down, and and, get it quick too. And that's part of the turnover thing, right? Is that if you can turn a team over and get an easy bucket, it's it's a it's a synergistic effect, right? It's a it's a one two punch, right? If you turn the team over, turn the team over, and you don't get that, it's still good, right? You still have prevented the form of possession, but it's not that extra benefit, right? It's it's the difference between you know. A, a, it, it, you know, scoring one, scoring two, right? That sort of thing is like when you per, the turnovers are good, but if you can also then run and get the bucket, that's even better. And if they're not doing that, it's good. It's just not as good as it could be. It's not as good as some other teams turn it into, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, that doesn't seem to be their game plan. Their game plan is, seems to be we're, we know we're going to score through our offense most of the time, and we're just not going to allow you to score. And I don't think that's going to work too well here because. Uh, Hawaii is not like a super short team, so I don't know what's going on with this. But they're real; they're in the top ten at the of the bottom of getting their shot blocked. So I, I don't know if there's bottom ten. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they just get a lot of their shots blocked, and I, I don't know if that's due to their offense or what. But because they're not like an overly short team where they're going against really tall teams or something like that, right. so that, that's pretty interesting. But I think if Washington State figure out how to hold on to the ball. Then go on and on the road and get a pretty good victory by 10 ish plus points. But even if they don't win, I still think they've got a good enough offense. They should have good enough three ball to cover the short number on the road. Yeah, Washington State might be the second best defense, or excuse me, the third best defense in play today, obviously behind yeah. Indiana and Rutgers. It's just Rutgers defense is in the class, but it's on Indiana. It's just a really good, good team. But beyond that, once you get beyond, we, we know those two teams are, you know, can be pretty good. Washington State's probably the next best defense behind those. And, uh, you know, Hawaii's obviously got the home court, but, you know, they kind of blitzed Pepperdine a little bit early on with hitting all those early threes and Pepperdine just couldn't make. But you assume that that sort of advantage won't play today because, um, you know, Washington's playing at that gym now. They know it. So part of the home court a little bit has gone away. Now part of it talked about in previous episodes, you have the travel, you have the you're not using your facilities, that sort of thing. Um, but at least with it being the same gym, at least the what we're shooting at should be fixed. And so where Pepperdine just could not hit a three early on to save their lives, and they gave Hawaii a little bit of a lead. If that doesn't happen here tonight, and you assume that Washington will be able to shoot the ball a little bit better right off the bat, um, if Hawaii can get that big lead and play from ahead, they're going to be probably in trouble in this because playing from behind against Washington State, unless you're a really good team, you're probably not going to have a lot of success coming back against them. Washington's a pretty solid ball club. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, they remind me of some of those older Virginia teams that didn't have much of an offense. Like once once they got ahead by like five to seven points, the game was pretty much done because there's just not enough possessions and they were so good on the defensive end that they just didn't have enough time to come back. Yeah, the way yeah, I said the, the pace as well, right? The way that they're not they're not like like Charlotte or Texas, right? But they kind of at least slowing it down a little bit more, uh, minimizing possessions can kind of uh, suffocate that lead and make it where it's just hard hard to feel like you catch up because uh, you know you kind of you almost feel like you need to stop every time because you just know you only have so many times to score, um, and that's going to be uh, probably to Hawaii's detriment in this one. We think. Yeah, I mean the perception of that also helps because that gets into your head when you start getting behind. So mm. then you play a little faster, you take. Not as good of a shot. Take more chances. That, yeah, yeah, that doesn't go in, and so then that just compounds like a snowball. 
Yep. All right. So we've got Washington State minus three there to wrap us up on the island. And that is all seven games that we're going to cover here today. All seven that are happening today. Uh, we fit you up every which way possible. Uh, Jake, any parting words here before people head off towards more Christmas holiday time? No, I mean, the Discord's where it's at. There's all sorts of plays we put out there, like NFL, and NHL. Hockey. Yeah, yeah. Hockey, all sorts of good stuff there. Uh, it's not necessarily coming from us. It's people in there that, really, that know, know those sports a lot better than we do. So it's all sorts of benefits of being in that Discord. Yeah, yeah. And- and every once in a while, I give a math lesson and people just look at it and are like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. But, you know, it's fun, right? We I try to explain some math and help help make people understand some of the probabilities involved a little bit better, right? It's always always a little fun. I hope, I hope people are soaking some of these things in, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you got to still teach when you're on your break here. I, exactly. It's, it's who I am, right? It's 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 not just a name, right? It's, it's, it's or a gimmick, right? It is literally who, you know, who I what I do, who I am, right? So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fix with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can destroy all the sports betting content. We've run on this channel, dropped right into your feed. We'll be back again. Not sure exactly when, but we will have an episode for the Christmas Day game some way, somehow. Uh, check Twitter for updates if uh, if need be. You don't have to have a Twitter to check Twitter. I always tell people that like, you can always just go to someone's Twitter handle. Um, you don't have to actually have an account to see all that stuff. So um, never a bad idea there. Uh, but until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.